girlies. Hi, girlies. Welcome back to the Real House Girlies pod. Welcome back, girlies. Back from Sydney. Back from Sydney. We've both coincidentally been to Sydney in the last few days, but we weren't together. Which you was, dogged me. Well, I was exhausted. I had to go home. I had a big had week. And I ended up having to move my flight earlier and just get out of Sydney because I I'd done Sydney, I'd done it so hard, and I was like, nuts. Nah, you to did go. everything. It's everything. Let's get into what you did. Okay, so I was in Sydney for South by Southwest Festival. Are you across what it is? I am because yeah. I used to be a female founder, and yeah. so the American culture vibes. Yeah, it's big American vibes. So. South by Southwest is started in Austin, Texas. It's been going for like 27 years and it's a culture festival essentially. This was the first year that it's been held outside of the States. So Sydney just signed a little 10-year deal to have it here, which is super exciting. That's so cool. It's so cool and it was really cool. I mean, I haven't been to Austin. I dreamed, dreamed of going. Same. Uh, So for it to come to Sydney, it was awesome. I was with some people who had been to Austin several times and they said it wasn't comparable, but it was good in its own way. The Australian version's always, you know, it's different. Uniquely Australian. It's got a bit of Australia in it. Yeah, it's a little bit laid back. A little bit chill. Yeah. So it's a culture festival, which essentially means it's got technology and innovation, games, art, music, and it goes for a week, Saturday to Saturday. There's a whole bunch of conference kind of talk tracks that happen, but then there's different activations, different events, heaps of music. So heaps so of drinks. Much fun. Heaps of drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there for work and I was actually hosting one of the conference rooms. So I was like Cutie. living my best life as a door bitch. And I may have missed my calling because I thrive on the door. I'm like, have you got a pass? Got to scan you in. Can't come in. Sorry, the room's full. Sorry, your outfit's not right. Yep. (laughs) You think you're coming in with those shoes? I honestly think if I was more of a night owl, I would have lived to do GPO door. Would have thrived. (laughs) So I was kind of like living my my door bitch fantasy for the days that I was hosting a room. Um, But then outside of hosting, I did get to go to a few talks myself. And then obviously the nights were mine. So I was... Out and about. Work hard, play hard, baby. Oh, it was. I was clocking up probably, I looked at my little Apple Watch, 22,000 steps. Of boogies. On average, every day that I was there. So my poor little legs, I was I was deceased. Well, you weren't doing your runs. No, I wasn't doing the runs. Wasn't <laughs> doing a whole lot of anything. <laughs> <laughs> was just walking. Just vibing. Just vibing from like 8 a.m. to like midnight every day. <laughs> So much fun. Um, went to a couple of bands. So the music scene there, it's all up and comers. There's not a lot of big names. I feel like this is where you thrive. Well, actually, um, Chance the Rapper was there. He gave a talk. Chance the Rapper doing Hot in Her by Nelly on Jimmy... Jimmy Kimmel. Is my favorite pop culture TV moment ever. Yeah. In was, a country style. Yeah. It's getting hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> So he gave a talk around like how he's an independent artist and he owns his own music and that was super interesting, a la Taylor Swift vibes. Mm. But he actually got his start at um, at South By. So it was very cool 
very inspirational, I guess, for the up-and-coming artists oh, to see a success story. We love him. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, Nicole Kidman was there. I didn't get to go to her talk. I was working, but apparently it was amazing. Really? Yeah. Um, and then I went to Lime Cordial, who are like a cool indie vibe. Mm-hmm. A little bit like... DMA is a little bit like Ocean Alley, but less surfy. Okay. More kind of like upbeat. Um, and that was super fun. It was at the BWS Cool Room, which is a thing in Perfect. itself. It's kind of like this inflatable 10 meter square, like cool room, which is actually hot as balls. <laughs> they squeeze like 200 people in there and it's just like the most Plastic. Fun. Yeah. Sweating. So sweaty. And then they've got like this foam machine going. No. Why can't Ooh. they have those... Blasty ice air machines that they have in Ibiza. Well, it was the foam was supposed to look like ice, but yeah. it's got to be cold. Yeah, it wasn't cold. It was it's so got, hot. It's got to be cold, Dan. So um, and one of the other highlights was going to see TK Meitzer. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Snuck in to um, see her twice actually. Good on you. Yeah, she played at the Lansdowne, which was fun. And that was with all, like, some friends who were in the music industry. So uh, it was a little bit like... The musos. Who's who? Cool girls. All the, all the cool girls that, like, work for Warner and me. I was really, like, thriving. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was super fun. But then also saw her again later that night at Land Rover had a party, which was sick it was all you can drink perrier jouet which we know and love yeah you can go and see the new discovery car i don't know why that was like in there what's it called no not the discovery car. could be the discovery what's the main car called range rover no it's not coming to me defender defender yes the big defender um and they had like ai so you could like drive the car on like an <laughs> ipad with goggles on <laughs> there was so many installations where you had to put the goggles on <laughs> so embarrassing. it was so embarrassing Qantas was doing an installation where you put the goggles on and you could experience the flight that direct path project sunset that's actually going to fly direct sydney to new york wow or, no sydney to london they do that already it's going to be the longest direct flight Thought they already did that. No, it actually hasn't launched. Oh, for fuck's sake, Qantas. I'm talking about it for a couple of years, but it will launch. Now and that so it's under a female CEO. You can sit and you could put the VR goggles on and you could experience being in business. 14 and a half hours they, of wearing the goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Getting your meals dropped to you. They were certainly not um, not replicating the experience of being in economy and in the installation, mm. which, as we know, mm. questionable experience at best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were some other highlights? It was just everyone was really in a good vibe. It felt like Sydney was alive. Everyone was excited to be there. Lots of networking. What's your favorite talk? Oh, my favorite talk. So there was about 8,000 different talks on Gen AI. Once you've seen one of those, you've seen them all. So that was not, not a highlight. But <laughs> <laughs> also because at this point, I just talked to chat. Hi, chat. Tell me about yourself. 
<laughs> Chad knows better than anyone else about what it's doing. Yeah, it was all like Gen AI beyond the hype cycle and like what's the real world application? Okay, like here's here's the spoiler alert on that. It's all about like having a robust data strategy so that you can feed it into an AI so that you can get meaningful outputs for your I was going to say it's like PDF summarizer is like our biggest value add at the moment and it's just Gen AI being able to read quicker than people. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And most organizations don't have their data in a place where they can like start to apply it beyond that so like it's actually should we go into ai prep consulting like potentially yeah yeah data hygiene (laughs) stunning gorge stunning so exciting but no my favorite favorite talk um it was one that was held outside of the main convention center so that was kind of cool because they had different venues across the city so again one talk finishes, you're like, where am I going next? You've got to like sprint 2Ks to the next talk. So I was pretty sweaty by the time I got there. <laughs> Thankfully, it was worth it. Um, so it was the head of marketing for Mecca, the head of sustainability for Country Road, and the head of customer for Coles. So some pretty big dogs in the industry. Mm. Um, and they were talking around like future of retail. So they talked about everything from customer experience to Gen AI to sustainability. So that was a real highlight for me. Yeah. I've actually made a few little notes here because right. I'm the kind of person that like if I'm in an interesting talk, I'm taking notes on my phone. Love that. Because otherwise I just get overwhelmed and I forget yeah. what's been covered. And the pod is great because now you've had the opportunity to refer back to your notes. I have had the opportunity to refer back to my notes and I will do a little LinkedIn post later, like, you know. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm a bit of a LinkedIn influencer. You are. Yeah, I love it. I live for it. Um, so the first point that came out of that talk that I wanted to bring up was this new term that I hadn't heard before. And it's kind of referring back to our sustainability chat with Izzy Uh because we heard about like green washing and blue washing, but green hushing was a term that I hadn't heard before. So this one was about brands being fearful of being scrutinized for green washing. And so they're nervous to talk about their efforts in the space. Mm. So hence green hushing. Um, And one of the takeaways from the head of sustainability for Country Road, she said customers don't expect brands to be perfect, but they do expect honesty. Mm. So to be trying is better to, in talking about like the things that you are trying is better to than being just kind of silent and not saying anything. Because if we're not having a conversation, the space can't continue to push forward. Yeah, I think... Something that in my world, in change management, I'm always trying to encourage leaders of is it's actually okay to kind of say we don't have it all figured out yet. This is what we do know and this is what we're doing. And we'll get back to you as we keep making progress. Because I think the greenwashing potentially in some areas is – Brands only wanting to say the good things that they're doing and not admit that they have a roadmap that isn't finished. Yeah. And so we see like, stop saying that you're doing this. Look, you still use this type of plastic or you still do this type of thing. And they're like, yeah, we know that, but we just don't want to be honest about that because you'll get angry at us. So we're only telling you about the good things. And so now you think that we're claiming to be clean and green and we're not. Yeah. Like, show us your plan, maybe. Yeah. And say we're chipping away. 100% you're so right customers just want transparency and honesty and they want to be engaged in the conversation no one's expecting you to go from like having no sustainability efforts to being 100% B Corp certified overnight 
No, and that B Corp thing is like a nightmare to go through. So Yeah. And also like one of the other points she mentioned was around it needs to be seen as a pre competitive space and brands working together and collaborating to like all the rising tide lift so all boats to put a consulting euphemism in there. Uh-huh. Um, but like the, the industry will only grow if the cust if the brands are working together. Why not? Yeah. It's not it's not competitive. Saving the planet should not be a competitive edge. And like, honestly, whilst I think this thing about oversaturated markets, yes, if you're doing a homogenous good, it's exactly the same as something else, you're going to be competing directly with them. But a lot of these retail brands, they're complementary. We don't want to just own Country Road. Yeah. We might also be like stopping by seed. And so... It's great if they could both stay alive because we don't cancel them. Like maybe they could collab on some of their shared practices. Yeah, exactly right. There's, there is enough for everyone. There is enough for everyone. I hope Izzy is listening and she is proud of us for continuing this dialogue. I've <laughs> never had a more impactful conversation, you know, than that one with Izzy. I know, Tilly really stuck with me. Um, so one of the other points that came up, and this is from the head of customer at Coles, was around discretionary sp- Spends. And I think we've all heard a lot of like, we're in a recession or we're pre-recession or, you know, we're in the thick of it. So like, what does that actually mean? Um, for the fashion industry, they were saying that um, discretionary spends are continuing to decrease. They're seeing that, but that many customers will still pay for quality and sustainability. So they're potentially buying less. Mm. And that, I guess, like rounds out into our earlier conversations that like buying less but buying things that are going to last you and things that are going to like fill a need in your wardrobe yeah you want forever items you You want want an eight-year-old gown that you can wear out to dinner yeah oh i know i'm (laughs) re-wearing i've got a gala coming up and i am re-wearing something i've worn before and i still am like oh should i should i just buy the new dress because i found the perfect new dress at camilla remark but i'm not going to buy it no you're not we're good we're fine i'm going to buy it um i love though that like I mean, I love listening to people that are in these huge roles and I think it's so insightful to hear from them, but sometimes you still hear common sense. Like we're aware that discretionary spend is down because we're all feeling, (laughs) we are discretionary spend and we are feeling the pinch. We're all feeling the pinch. I know, but the one thing that I did also think was interesting out of that was she said that um, many brands are looking towards newer circular business models, which I think is, it's really the first time that we've seen brands kind of acknowledging and starting to engage in circular business models. So for example, Assembly Label has just launched their back to assembly program. Mm. So if you have Assembly Label goods that you no longer wear or no longer want, you can return them to assembly. They'll kind of either repair or like get them cleaned or whatever and then they put them into a kind of secondhand sale program and offer them back to the market is that similar to what it was a david jones that did that like you can sign up to re or to the renting the re-robe or whatever it's called robe it i don't know what it's called oh you know that yeah like it's not theirs but they've partnered with someone that then yeah you can easily list because you've got all the details from your purchase yeah, I think that rewo program has some marketing issues because 
like we don't I, understand. We don't really it. understand. We don't We've never clicked yes. We've never clicked yes. They've not sold to me like what's the cost? What's the implication? What do you, what's the deal you're offering me? Yeah, because they show they display that like estimated resale value like on do the they? item listing. I've seen that. I've not. And I'm just kind of like on what? Where? Like how? What, when? How? Is it guaranteed? Is yeah. it like when Mercedes says that they guarantee they'll buy back my car if I live <laughs> if I finance with them? <laughs> Yeah, they need some they need some better education around that. But it, it is interesting to see like brands starting to engage with the secondhand market, mm. and we've seen that happen like really organically with a little lot of buy swap sell pages. But to see brands kind of like taking that into their own first party control is interesting. I think there's huge opportunity for brands because, for example, say Camilla and Mark when they brought out that what was the name of that Brixton. Oh, yeah. shape and like sells out in certain sizes yeah keep doing limited runs offer the used option and then people will still want it but there's only so many that exist in the economy in like waste yeah you know someone will get another chance to have it that's so cool because people are like I, i'm assuming people are still trolling ebay trying to find you know the dress that sold out that they missed 100 percent. and i actually did buy a camilla mark dress Kind of like a new season take on that Brixton mm. style. It's a bit different. It's like a halter mini, kind of like a f- almost a fit and flare from the waist. Yeah, cute. I bought the winter version. Yeah, it was called the Gordon. I wore it so much, and then they've come out with this summer version. But I was onto it before it even had been unboxed at the store because I knew it was going to sell out. And so I think that there is this real like people want the exclusive they want the item that's not going to be everywhere yeah you want to kind of like force that sale before it's sat on the shelf for weeks and weeks yeah and so then let's recycle it and give people that missed out the chance and to have access to you know seeing it on the camilla and mark website again instead of having to try and find some random person on facebook that may or may not have it yeah and it may or may not be clean (laughs) all right moving on the next point that I wanted to bring to your attention um and this was the the head of marketing for Mecca she is just she's so cool she used to work at matches and metaporter so she's like had big roles in the UK and she's now here working at Mecca um but she was getting into around the top selling item the top selling skew at Mecca is the Mecca Cosmetica sunscreen like would you have guessed that no no, I would have thought it's like a Nas orgasm <laughs> or yeah, like I don't, I yeah, don't I'm know, trying like to think better than sex be. mascara, something like I would have gone for one of those really culty high product yeah. products, but the fact that it's an in-house product, I think is so interesting. And the story that she told was around, um, that product was actually created by, uh, collecting store teams feedback. So all the store teams were saying that there wasn't a sunscreen or an SPF available in store that sat well under makeup. And so they were having a really hard time, I guess, in their own application, but then also like convincingly selling an SPF to customers. Mm. We all know SPF is important. But SPFs come so far in four years. 100%. And I think this Mecca, like taking that customer or that store team feedback and then creating their own specific in-house product so exciting so exciting and that's why it's done so well because it's actually like listening to the consumer feedback and like 
been born innovation born out of what the consumer wanted human-centered design human-centered design we love it i know we're nerding out i reckon if i was at uni now i would do like a phd on the launch of mecca's range yeah because it should have been shit by all accounts every other in-house beauty brand ever or even fashion brand yes that matter like i remember um netaporter launched their own brand iris and ink yep and it just sat and it did not move it's on the outnet yeah and I it's was, exclusively on the outnet <laughs> i was on the pr team that launched that brand and it is exclusively on the outlet this was like 10 years ago yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> in but, another life but like we look at mecca and you're coming up against the biggest global brands wanting yeah. to do your own thing yeah and I think it. I think I reckon most of their products would have to be based off feedback because they're always launching something that's like, oh my god, yeah. smart, smart from you. Why didn't I think of that? Yes, yep. that's what needed to be launched. Yes, we do need like decent quality, cheap brushes. Yep, their cleansers are great. Their oil based cleansers really nice. Yeah, and again, that's like just filling a hole in the market because people actually don't want to spend eighty, ninety dollars on a cleanser. No. So for them to come out at one that was half that price point that works yeah and the fact that they can that i think the strategy behind their marketing in terms of how often or infrequently they include things in beauty loops like they didn't just go okay well we're only going to push mecca now Mm. they're very much aware that mecca the meaning of it is you know the plentiful availability of products let's keep celebrating that you can have you could probably have four moisturizers. That's okay. We'll keep showing you all of them. And yeah. then from time to time, try the Mecca one. Yeah. Well, this is actually interesting because like another point she made was around their personalization engine because obviously they've done a lot of work. Adore Beauty actually does really well in this space and is pretty famous for their personalization efforts. Um, but it's all like AI driven, obviously. And one of the pillars that Mecca was built on was surprise and delight. <laughs> Um, which, you know, that's great, but <laughs> which, you know, your brand value is cool. Throw them in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like if I, I should work for Mecca really Hi, Would you like to hire me? Um, no. So one of the surprise and delight. So when you are using AI to drive personalization efforts on your website, on your other channels, it's all typically based on past purchase and mm-hmm. then also on intent signals. So show me more things that are similar to what I've bought previously. And if you've seen that I've been browsing for uh, blushes, show me blushes that are in brands that I may have purchased from previously. That's annoying, right? it's kind of like this golden triangle. I don't want you to show me products similar to the product I've bought. That's my product. I'm buying that product again. (laughs) You're wasting your time. And so you, one of the the big things that you get when you have that in-store experience is around like a personalized recommendation and, like a recommendation from a friend and like that's why we love doing recommendations on the pod because it's so it's got that trust me element. i've and tried trust me i know <laughs> and so i think when you only rely heavily on like an ai built personalization you lose the human aspect and it can become just like okay cool this isn't relevant to me disregard or like sometimes when netflix does more like this and you're like close but not really what i liked about that yeah close. Mm, i don't want to watch every bruce willis movie ever made i'm thinking just like more action (laughs) movies yeah exactly right and so i think we have to be careful as we continue down this ai path not to get so homogenous and not lose the human aspect creativity the creativity so that was a really interesting kind of 
final point from my um, South by wrap up. Love it. If you have the opportunity to go next year, because it will be back on next year, definitely go. I think there's something for everyone. There's like the film festival, there's music, there's tech and innovation, there's art. There's just like a really general good fun vibe. Let's go together next year. I think so. We'll, we'll make that happen in some way, shape or form. We could do it. We could be potting live by then. Oh, they did have some live Have a pods. goal. Have a goal. Write yeah. it down. Tell yeah. the girlies. Get us to I would love to be a speaker. I, I missed actually, there was one talk that I was dying to go to and it was with Michelle Battersby on like the, um, I guess, future of sex and relationships. So I missed out on that one. So She's wild. She's amazing. She's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, we miss you, Bumble. You've been to Sydney as well. Look, my Sydney, Um, the only things that I want to say about it, obviously had a great time, but something that was so chic and gorgeous yes. that I didn't know I was missing, I actually had sake, the food, like from Eagle Street Pier. Oh. There's obviously one in Double Bay. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, cool. Have that for dinner, take out. When I got there, my flight got in like late. Um, and I was like, God, I've missed sake in Brisbane. Is it still there? No, because that whole the Eagle Street Pier development. Yes. God. Hopefully it comes back. Because it slapped. It was just day. fun. And like the food is great. Mm. So that was exciting. That was, that was a highlight. Just nostalgic, but in a different place. Yeah. How good. How good. Did get to Toddy's. What was it like? Because I've never actually eaten there. I actually had a power dinner. A lunch dinner. Yes. That, yeah. that awkward time between lunch and dinner. Yeah. Um, I was probably there for like 45 minutes just hoovering. Uh, highly recommend if you're going, get the corn. Uh-huh. We're on the cob? It's not on the cob. It's like in some kind of saucy, potentially cheesy, but doesn't taste cheesy. It tastes like nutty and delightful like a burnt vibe? no but it's like thick and it's just the corn pieces in like this thick thing okay that doesn't sound nice but you're not telling it's it that delightful. sounds like after dinner like if you've corn. been sick <laughs> <Totties>. <laughs> did um, you have the puffy bread because that that is apparently like the thing i didn't have the puffy bread because i felt really like i needed to not like diet culture but just like i'd been indulging yeah and i probably could have done with just a protein and some some vegetables yeah so i had a little wood smoked chicken mm-hmm. um did have a little pasta you can't have pasta and bread but the green pasta the kale one yeah delightful was this the bondi toddies or the city one bondi yeah what was the what was the client, <laughs> what was the clientele at bondi toddies it was actually chill yeah. i was expecting it to be a lot more bondi girl well it's probably because you're there at lina right i was there at lina on a sunday yeah yeah did you see any of the Real Housewives of Sydney? I didn't. I did see Freddie Fitler. No one ever knows who that is. It was quite traumatic. Um, she's come home. She's like, oh my God, I saw Freddie Fitler. And I'm like, who? <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm like, New South Wales origin coach. <laughs> we yeah. hate him. <laughs> okay. And like, I can understand that we do hate him. We do. But he got, he's, he's no longer in the position. So yeah, okay. now we actually miss him because they kept losing. So now maybe they'll win next year with a new coach. Anyway. Oh, no. 
Love you, Freddie. Um, good to see you. Uh, none of the Real Housewives of Sydney were there. You're up to date, so we need to probably do a little Sydney. This is the Sydney exclusive app. It's all about Sydney. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. Yeah, so full disclosure, I've watched episode one. I'm halfway through episode two. Here we go. Sorry. I was really catatonic when I got home yesterday. I had to lie down. I had to move my flight earlier and just like bail out of the end of the festival because I was exhausted. So to I think I read... I read the whole book for book club <laughs> on the plane and you couldn't even lay down and watch TV. <laughs> I did my best. I kept falling asleep. Um, no. Okay. So Real Housewives of Sydney. Should we do a quick little, I guess, chat through each of the girlies? I think we'll chat through each of first the girlies. Impressions. But, but first impressions of the show so far. What do you think? Okay. I miss the old cast. Same. Yeah. Oh, I well, miss that blonde lady. I miss them. Look, I, I even miss Athena X. <laughs> I miss Athena X. I know. Um, so I don't think you can judge a book by the first two episodes. We learned that with New York. We've, we learned that we've learned with New our York. Lesson. And it's always when there's a new cast of Housewives, it takes a minute to introduce each of their individual storylines yes. and then for them to kind of like form a group dynamic and then for drama to emerge. So we need to kind of wait, I guess, until halfway through the season until things start to pick up pace because i'm learning that it's often the like boring ones that create a compelling storyline later but at the moment i'm like oh you're you're actually in the cast you're not just a friend for a couple of them like what are you doing here when we reviewed all the photos of the cast before when we were like prepping the episode notes i was like i didn't realize she was in the cast and what is her name still the 30th time. What is her name? Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So there's a few celebs in the cast. Um, who would you call a celeb? I'd call Terry Biv a celeb. Well, Chrissy Masters is a celeb. Okay. She's an Australian model icon. And Nicole O'Neill was Miss Australia. Was she? Or Miss Universe. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, Dr. Kate, Bondi Vet. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Start at the beginning. Okay, okay, okay. Chrissy Marsh. She was a big deal in like the 90s Australian. 80s. 80s? 80s and 90s, I would say. Okay. Yeah, she was She was a big deal in the modeling world. And her daughters now are models. So she is kind of taking a Yolanda Hadid <laughs> Like, role in the car. Yes. Yeah. I think she's funny because I'm not sitting next to her having her humor directed at me. She gives big mean girl energy. Big mean girl energy. Yeah. Yeah. But I also didn't know that she, like, ran her business. I honestly thought she was a genuine housewife. So, power to the people. Yeah. No, I think she's going to be good for the drama. Um, And I'm interested to see, like, how they weave in her daughters because... Obviously, in some like New York and Beverly Hills, we do get snaps of the daughters, which I always enjoy. Love. Uh huh. We've got this is what I'm concerned about because Chrissy's sister in law is Nicole O'Neill. She? Yes. So, are we going to have some sibling dramas? Yeah, into family dramas. Little, little Kim and Kyle. Like we Goodbye, Kyle. <laughs> I'll bring back Kim. Justice for Kim. No. Bring back Ken. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Nicole O'Neill, she 
we've got in the notes here, Lebanese dinner party hostess. Just in case you can't remember who it is. She's she's fab. She's doing the Kath and Kim posh Australian accent. Yeah, pro and true. Then we've got Dr. Kate Adams, who's the Bondi vet. Did you realize that she was so successful? Like when you heard of Bondi vet, did you... Did you realize? No. No. But then again, I have paid bed bills, so I should have known. <laughs> yeah. I should have known you keeping my cat overnight would be $3,000. Multi, multi-millionaire. Yeah. She has like 100 staff. Oh, wow. It's huge. But how did she buy the Bondi vet? Like, you got to have money to make money, right? Well, yeah. Maybe, she, maybe it was small. Like, it was just a little kind of shitty vet when she started it. And she, like, really lent in to that celebrity angle. And so is she, like, in biz with Dr. Chris? Well, I thought Dr. Chris was the Bondi vet. Or does he not... Yeah, did he work for her? And they were like, you're hot. Just have your own TV show. And I'll just reap all of the because rewards. She, is she on the Bondi vet TV show? Don't know. Never watched. It's not come up. So hopefully next episode they <laughs> they clarify for us. I can't watch any vet shows because I just cry when they like put little puppies on the sedation. No. The only vet show I can watch actually, it's the one called like the dog house where they <laughs> match make like dogs that are in the, in the pound to owners. Can I tell you, I once did a piece of work for Guide Dogs Australia and as like a thank you for the great job that my team did, we got invited to the Guide Dogs graduation ceremony. Oh, stop. And so I'm there. I'm like 25, sitting next to a director who's very serious and I'm sobbing at this graduation because it's the first time that the Guide Dog gets paired up with its forever friend and their oh. forever friend gives up their like walking aid and takes the lead of their dog and their dog walks them off stage for the first time. And I'm Jesus like, Christ. <laughs> I'm like grabbing this guy that I worked with being like, did you see that? Oh my God. It was the happiest day of my working career. Oh my God. I've had like the opposite experience in my working career. Like in the agency days, I used to do marketing for the RSPCA oh. and they would invite us to go out to the, um, to Wake Hall and like, like visit all the puppies and the kittens and the lizards and like it's just this, it's the saddest thing the sad I was dogs. like sobbing like the guide dogs are very proud the yeah. adopter pit bulls are very sad at oh, wake hall i know they're crying oh, oh my and when god. they cry for you and you walk away oh. i can't oh my god so I, we couldn't yeah. be a vet but dr kate's doing great yeah she's dated every person in bondi self-proclaimed I actually, in the first episode, wanted to make a mental note of this. She says in the first episode, she's at lunch with one of the others, like she's annoyed that when she goes on dates, she went on a date with this guy, she had to pay because she's saying she's already had to buy a dress. She's had to get a blowout. Like she's had to pay all the skincare and the makeup. And so she's already a thousand dollars deep. Nolsey said it first. Nolsey said it first. You said that verbatim last <laughs> week, and now Dr. Kate has heard the episode and she said it on the Real Housewives. I mean, she probably said it seven months ago, but like we weren't together. So yeah. in the on the air, I said it first. Yeah, you said it because it's a fact. That's a fact. What do you think about Caroline Jean Paul Gaultier? Yeah, look, she's not my. favorite favorite Mm -hmm. i don't really know what she's going to add to the season at this point here's the thing about thinking you're hot yeah what is the thing you better check your eyebrows on your fringe oh 
Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to think you're hot, but like, be be your level of hot. Be in your lane. Be in I your think lane. everyone should feel hot, but I wouldn't be going around kind of almost claiming that other people aren't hot if I had a black fringe and tattooed eyebrows. Yeah, it's a very um harsh look. It's a very harsh look. It My is. My last name is actually Gautier. That's why I call her Caroline Jean-Paul Gautier. <laughs> oh, I thought that was just like a funny reference to the harsh eyebrows. Do <laughs> 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 you know she was a former model? She knows. She knows. She's very, she's pumped. Mary, she is pumped. I'm looking at a photo <laughs> of her right now. And like, if I fell off a boat and needed an inflatable, I'm grabbing her, I'm taking her with me and she is going to be my floaty. I also want to just, Angie Kay from Salt Lake City yeah. is being punished on the webs for her atrocious sunglass collection. Yeah, Caroline, watch out. Because it will not end well for you with the ski glasses. No. But, like, I think she could be... She says, so when you finish episode two, I was really excited for her when she was standing up for herself. Well, she wasn't. Dr. Kate was standing up for her about the porn star thing. Yeah. But at the end of episode two, she starts having a go about, like, mums and how you should be as a mum. And, like, when... Chrissy's just come to dinner from her daughter modeling for the first time saying, I don't think people should model before they're 18. Read the room. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a valid opinion for you to have. The timing for sharing that is probably really not going to get you anywhere with anyone. Like, way to pick an enemy. Yeah, you kind of got to be supportive. And modeling careers take off from age 12. 12. Or 10, if you're really tall. This is a legitimate fact of the industry. And so to have such a strong opinion, like, to someone that you're trying to form a friendship with of age of 18, that's just not going to get you anywhere. And just being like, you shouldn't work. She, like, went on a tirade. I don't know if she was drinking. This has been known to happen on The Housewives. But she's going to have to work really hard for the rest of the season. Or this is just the edit that they're giving her to backpedal Mm -hmm. on being, like, offensive to women. Yeah. Uh, what about Terry? Terry Biviano. And her Italian shoe empire. <laughs> I love her. Do you like do you recognize her shoe brand? Yes. What what is it? Like I don't know. I've never bought them, but I have heard of it in the past. It's been around for years. When I saw the shoes, I thought David Jones, darling. I thought to myself, it's giving peep toe. Like, that was the That's era. That's fun. I think she probably came up around then. That was the era that she was coming up. Oh, my God. Having a peep toe pair of shoes. Like, the brand. Oh, The brand peep toe. That was toe. so exciting. I remember I once went to the peep toe, like, warehouse sale in Sydney. And I got myself, like, six pairs of, like, <laughs> Peyton pumps. With just one toe visible. With one little bit of toe <laughs> cleavage visible. And I was thought I was thriving. I was killing it. And I got the matching Peyton clutch. And me... There's always patent. Me going out with those pitos and that clutch, I was the height of fashion. Yeah, you, no, you... People would have been like, oh my God, bro. Oh my God, pito. <laughs> we love Terry Biviano. We love, obviously, th- an NRL wag, so... I think she's pumped to a nice level. Like, I'm looking at her here now. Like, she looks good. She looks great. Yeah. I think she's managed to, like, stay... In the spotlight, well, not big spotlight, but, you know, she is a very celebrated wag. And in the social scene, successfully for a long time. Why is there a photo of Carla Mauricio next to a photo of her and Minnie? 
Yeah, that's not that's not them. Um, okay, so that's Terry. But she's going to be a fence sitter and she's yeah. going to get in trouble. She is. Yeah. She's yeah. going to get absolutely... She's giving Camille. Nope, she is not giving Camille. Camille always sits on the fence. Oh, no, Camille really has... No, Camille's now been pepped by producers. One day you can come back on the show if you just try and pick fights with everyone. Early season Camille sat on the fence. Early season Camille was so conniving. She had that bloody witch come to pick on people for her. <laughs> exactly. She was quite see-through. She wasn't fence-sitting. I think a fence-sitter is... Who's a great fence-sitter? Heather from Salt Lake City. Heather Dubrow? No, Heather... Um, from Salt Lake City. I don't know. Oh, yeah, she yeah, She doesn't yeah, have a last yeah, yeah. name. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't have a last name. She was a real fence sitter with the Jen Shah going to prison versus everyone else being like, Jen Shah is the worst. And yeah. her being like, oh, I don't know. Like, why can't we all just love each other? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Victoria and her Sport Lux brand and her first ski jackets that go for like 10 grand a pop. How do you feel? I think she... I, she's an enigma. Mm. Is she dumb? Is she trying to come across like deadpan and say really kind of amusingly controversial things? Yeah. She's coming, yeah, she's like very Sydney dumb commentary, but I think she could be interesting. I think she could be funnier as we go through. Yeah. I think she's going to be an observer and a critique kind of commentator. Um... But the fur jackets thing is just ridiculous. Yeah. Is she the richest one on the show? Well, no, I think unsure. Nicole might be. Oh, Nicole. And I think Nicole's baby daddy might be. Okay, we gotta do some like Googling. Who is the richest? Who is the richest? <laughs> yeah, Victoria said this comment and she was like, you know, leather, wool. It's all the same. And it's like, actually, no, fur has a very long history of being associated with like torturing animals. Oh, they skin them alive. It's not the same. It It is absolutely not the same. Oh, maybe not. Is this the current cast? Who is Melissa Kitsouts? No, these are are the old cast. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. We'll come back to it. Um, last but not least, Sally, who had cancer, very sad story. And while she had cancer and was seeking treatment, she decided that wellness was her calling and is now launching skincare. I think it's a logical next step. Yeah. The skincare is a less logical next next step from wellness. I'm not sure how much skincare makes you well, but like I could be wrong. I had a really interesting conversation yesterday with a group of very amazing girls about natural deodorant. <laughs> I don't believe in natural deodorant, as we know. That was my position. Yeah. And there's, it's a great debate. It's a great debate because everyone acknowledges that natural deodorant doesn't work, but they keep trying because they believe deodorant is going to be the one thing that kills you. Yeah. Look, of all the things that are likely to kill me, I at least I won't be sweaty. I'll cop a death from deodorant. Yeah. If that's how I go, that's how I have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next week, it seems like things are going to heat up. Chrissy vs. Kate. Yeah. Chrissy, like, these shows are so interesting, right? Because you watch it and it's entertainment. Mm. And we love that it's ridiculous and we love that it's larger than life. But they do get away with things that are otherwise really not acceptable. Like, I don't think that it's right to be going around, like, in a derogatory way calling someone 
gay lesbian. No. Like that's not a put down. No. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of seems like that's what the mean girl vibe that she's trying to do is. Yeah. So that's, if that comes up as a fight, like Chrissy, be careful what you say because. You should arguably be cancelled for that. Type you of should behavior. be cancelled for that. Yeah. So I think what we'll do is we'll give it a couple of weeks and then we'll check back in with the housewives. But, you know, early indications, it's not started off as strong as we would have liked. We will reserve further judgment until kind of mid-season when it's really had a chance to find its feet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've got heaps more to talk about. I want us to do Rex, but in the spirit of Rex, because I'm shopping like click frenzy vibes, I'm always shopping footwear. Mm. Um, I don't have anything yet that I'm like super excited to tell you about, but I did see, because thank you, Ellie sent me, there's a new Burke collab. Yeah, is there? Birkenstocks by Tekla, which is like a fabric company. They're $800. Sorry, what? The Birkenstocks. And it took me back to the Birkenstock by Dior, which I wanted and I should have just done. Yeah, I wanted it so badly. I wanted all it the so Dior bad. Air Jordans, that were 2500 Stunning. Should have done. Should have done. No, I'm all, about an, I'm all about a sandal. My feet are hot. I'm in a sandal. So yeah. I'm not going to get the Burke by Tekla because they are a winter... They've got a shirling and yeah. it's too hot. Um, but you did send me an article. I did during the week. Um, one of my favorite, um, I guess, journalists, she has a sub stack now. She's written books. Amy Rudell, her sub stack is called The Back Row. Um, and she wrote an article this week called In the Era of It Shoes, Suffering is a Given. See? Yes. I mean, the suffering part... <laughs> It, not all shoes are uncomfortable. Like, definitely get yourself a pair of Arans. I think they're great. But the It shoe, again, fuck, man, we've been on this. We've been on this. So the article basically says that It bags, we haven't had an It bag moment for a while, for a few they years. They keep trying. Brands We're not accepting trying. it. And the, there's this real phenomenon of, like, seeding the bag with the influencer scene so heavily that by the time the bag reaches market, people are just not interested. And so no. if you look back probably 18 months ago, Dior did this with that bowler bag mm. and every influencer carried it for about a week. I don't think they I sold one. I haven't seen that bag since. I don't think they sold one I don't one think they sold bag. one. That was a flop. Also, I'm like, I love, I think marketing can be more subtle. I love the return of the Carrie Bradshaw Fendi sequin. But mini yeah. baguette. The yeah. mini. Give me a mini. Give me a micro. That's it. Don't charge $7,000 for it. Yeah. And give it away to influencers for free. And then laugh in our faces when we go to pay that. I'm not paying that. No. When did Fendi, Gucci, and Louis Vuitton change their minds and go, do you know what? A starter bag here is now going to be five grand. Louis Vuitton, man, remember where you came from, never full, $700. You were made in bulk, in a factory, in China, and that is a fact. That is a fact. You are not paying $7,000 for a Louis Vuitton bag. No, and now they're doing like their little utility crossbodies. They're great, but I'm not paying over $4,000 for one. No, I'm absolutely not. And so there's been this real shift from it bags 
And this article says something interesting here. It says, like, the fashion press have been saying this for years. We hear about the death of the it bag in times of economic uncertainty. Coming full circle to earlier in the episode. <laughs> um, and around that, like, the kind of Great Recession, the it bag was more likely to be bl- blamed on fashion fatigue, like, unappealing ubiquity of items. Uh-huh. And then not really being anything interesting to buy. Um, and rich people kind of felt the need to hide their wealth, hence this kind of like stealth wealth. Quiet luxury. Quiet luxury. I think movement. quiet luxury is peaking because if you have a classic, then it doesn't matter that you don't have a new bag because no one will know when you got that bag. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you don't have to have gone and spent $7,000 on a purple sequin Fendi bag to be in trend. You've got a forever yeah, old Chanel that you may have got on the resale market for less. Or less and that you could have been carrying 10 years ago and you'll be carrying in 10 years yes. and it will still be yes. like a forever bag a timeless classic bag whereas if you're going out and like we saw this even you know five years ago seven years ago with the gucci marmot bags of the world yes Antonia bags at least like, they were at a right price point they when it's like you know one to two grand this is like a very privileged position (laughs) i understand that don't cancel me people but like when it's one to two grand like who cares buy a bag wear the shit out of it for a year or two and then retire it but well into your archive to come out in 10 years exactly and then wear it in like an ironic cool vintage way and don't worry you won't get cancelled because the next thing i'm gonna say is now it's like great we'll just spend one to two grand on a pair of cute shoes yes (laughs) i hate us (laughs) and it is we're seeing it so the it bag's been replaced by the it shoe and the it shoe this season is the ballet flat i mean mew mew started it and that was with that iconic with the ribbons, mm. it really did look like a point shoe. Mimu does a great accessory clothing footwear. Yeah, everything. Mimu's a great brand. I don't know about a Mimu bag, but like, oh yeah, their bags else. are no good. See? Yeah, sorry, yeah. no, I take that back. Um, but now we're seeing that Alaya mesh ballet flat just being the shoe. Mm, it's the shoe. And you know it's the shoe when it's filtered down to the like Elias Mays, Tony Biancos of the world doing a version for $150, which there are wait lists for those Elias May version of the Ali of the Elias shoes. Wow. Yeah. I think that they can look cute on the right person and that's all i'm gonna say on the matter because i can't wear a ballet flat no i don't have the look my feet get sweaty i'm not wearing a socket (laughs) not you will not catch me with a socket i'm sorry well they're mesh like these are mesh you can't wear a sock with them and like don't tell me that it breathes because it's mesh because the bottom of my feet are sweating i need to get my foot out of that contraption i want my feet to be free when i'm sitting down yeah so i'd like to take you on a little journey back in time no and don't say no the ferragamo not the Ferragamo, no babe. Ruby shoes. Oh, the fifteen dollar Ruby shoes. Yeah, the, the ballet from flat. Work shoe. They were like made of strictly polyester. They were not <laughs> any sort of material that was breathing, mm-hmm. or that should be worn for long periods of time. And we were wearing the shit out of them every single day. You say we, like as- excluding me. I we think, as a group, excluding me. I think the zeitgeist. I think like everybody. Everybody except me. You weren't wearing them. No, you were wearing a Nine West pump. <laughs> I was wearing a Nine West pump and no, taking it off at my desk. This was before that era though. I reckon this was like, this was 
Even this is all the way back from my Woolworths days. Yeah, 14. Yeah, 14. You're wearing them I'm not, to your yes. shift at Red Rooster. You're wearing them on the weekend <laughs> to the movies. You're like wearing them wherever you can get If away you're with tall it. and you have long, slim legs, put on a ballet flat and live your best life. Yeah. The rest of us, no. Yeah. And so the smell that would come with those shoes like lives in my brain rent free. Like I used to have to get home from wearing those shoes and run directly from the front door to the bathroom, kick off the shoes, wash my feet, and then spray the shoes with deodorant. Olivia Palermo can wear a ballet flat. Oh yeah, that's Do you know what I mean? She can wear a ballet flat. She can wear it with a jean. She can wear it with a shorts or a short skirt. Yeah. She can do it. She's got sticks for legs. They go for days. There are a couple of other... What's Alexa Chung? She can wear a ballet flat. Yeah. Like, I saw at that TikTok girl we like Catherine Denton was wearing the Elias. She wears them. I don't think they suit her, but she's cool. So. She is very cool. She can kind of pull it off, but like it's kind of still questionable. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're saying that we're probably not going to be doing the ballet flats, but I'm into an it shoe. What's your it shoe? What's your favorite shoe that you've bought recently or that you have your eyes on? I would love actually um, those little Mew Mew kitten heels. I don't know why. But I'm thinking I'm going to get like a YSL heel for my summer fun shoe. I'm really loving their shapes. I'm loving their arch. I'm loving a pointed toe and a strap. Um, But I'm all about a sandal. So I'm probably just going to need to get like two more Hermes shoes and yeah. a run and something else the empires maybe yeah maybe yeah i think the empires are your version of a They're just a bit big yeah Oof. um so wide. and then i need to find my new runaround like do i just get another pair of burks or like what is the next you know pilates woolworths that kind of summer runaround yeah yeah that's a good observation i'm unsure of what i'll be buying next i'm into this kind of like cool kitten heel yeah some of the kitten heels are cool a backless one i think is very chic i love my my dior mules that i bought yes but they are not something that you can wear like to run around in no they're probably not like a jean no they're more of a formal they're stunning they're gorge but i would like a kind of more chill kitten heel to go with a heel yeah to go with the, to go with a heel a heel to go with a heel <laughs> it's the kind and of thing that i think the row will just like nail and we'll be like i'm not buying that yeah oh and the row that it bag that they've been doing the little barrel bag that's like in the brown that's sweat. a joke it's a joke it's so ugly it's a joke it's narrator <laughs> if it's in your card and you're about to pay two and a half k for it exit your car it's an actual joke it's a sports girl bag it's a sports girl bag <laughs> made out of micro suede and it looks like but shit. like the original that was black leather with just like the thin strap i'm like yeah. i swear that's a sports girl bag have <laughs> you seen actually saint agni i never really rated their leather goods because i thought they were just a bit questionable as we know i'm their biggest stand for the clothing <laughs> their bag collection that they've just dropped for spring summer is actually oh Bottega eat your heart out it's so Bottega it's everything Bottega it's giving the row it's giving Bottega and the price point is like three fifty is that leather yeah that's it's like gorgeous ethically sourced leather for three hundred and fifty dollars for the same bag that you'll pay three and a half thousand at Bottega for do you know what I like though it's not like a dupe dupe it's no. like a different kind of style yeah I would definitely have a look at Saint Agnes gals Brooks. 
bloody done some brooke's been doing god's work yeah i may i'm that large crescent bag i think cool. it's so cute and there's like a little tote with a kind of tubular handle which i am obsessed with and i'm waiting for it to come they're definitely doing a lot of the row this one oh so cute chic okay yeah yeah pre-order there's a hot tip so i don't think that we're buying logo mania bags for this season i think we're kind of keeping it cool and understated unless you're going to goyard yeah you can always buy a goyard bag yeah and i'm always just one mental breakdown away from buying a new dior bag but (laughs) (laughs) i'm really trying my best girlies i want to go on a holiday so i'm trying to like keep it chill i'm on i'm on the deals i'm on click frenzy this week yeah, which I've only just found out about it, so I'm feeling feeling a little bit like caught unawares. Give me the I don't even rundown. know. I don't know anything. All I saw was one notification from the iconic, and I was like, "Ew, the iconic." But I did buy some things from the iconic recently, and I'm returning all of them. <clears throat> what did you buy? Just like some cheap and nasty lioness things because they were on. You know, I'm all. I'm always finding when the deal is like of the day, and then the next day you go back and the price is different. I bought like. Three things for $150. Yeah. Two dresses and a top. Yeah. But yeah, look, they're not like, they don't look, I like cheap things that look good. I'll buy assembly. Yeah. And it looks like it could be anything, linen. Yeah. It's great. I love that. They're on Click Frenzy on sale at the Iconic at the moment. So have a look at that. St. Agnes on the Click Frenzy on the Iconic. So we'll be doing a little troll. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll be quite busy after this. Camilla and Mark, Oraton. These are brands that I always like. The Iconic, I'm not scrolling. I'm selecting my brands. Yeah. And I'm seeing what's there. And if there's something that's a good deal, because even things already on sale will be an extra 30 or 40% off. Oh, wow. Then we'll go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so loving that. New Camilla and Mark collection is so cute. As I said earlier, I did buy that little mini dress for summer. Love it. But some of their resort stuff's really nice. And they've got great event wear at the moment too. <laughs> so if you're in the market, definitely check out Camilla and Mark. And if you can get it on a quick frenzy, like all power to you. Also, if anyone wants to like give me another job. <laughs> just like I feel little, like I could work more. Little multi-income scream. Yeah, I feel like I could work myself into the ground so I can buy more things. <laughs> um, all right, so a few little other wrecks. Just finished a book, Dirt Town. Uh huh. I have a bit of a penchant for Australian crime drama, like set in <laughs> set in the bush. So ever since I read The Dry, yeah, you, by Jane well, Harper, yeah, um, it's kind of a genre that I never thought it would be for me, but. I'm finding that it is for me. And this is a real page turner. So you find out on like the first page that there's this girl that's been murdered, which again, typically crime or true crime is not for me. Um, this is fiction. Um, but this the way that she like talks, like paints this picture of place and it being in the bush and like all the different like town, towny characters that you can get to know. Like it's, it's just a page turner. I think Australian novels are amazing. Australian TV hasn't quite like made it to the same quality of Australian novels, but yeah. like The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart, amazing. Oh, so good. Um, we I didn't watch the show though. No, I still haven't watched the show. There's a couple of others that are just like unbelievably compelling books and so well written and this is the author's debut and like five stars nearly yeah it's a really good read so i will bring it over and lend it to you thank you maybe we'll do a little 
something for club. Instagram, maybe a little mini book club of some of the like best Australian authors that we've yeah I think so read recently. I think my girlies might enjoy that. Um, and product wise, I need to restock my bronzer. And I'm going to repurchase the Westman Altier, Altelier, Atelier. which is actually, full credit to you, your recommendation. Thank you. So, Nalzi got me onto this one. <laughs> it's like a beautiful stick bronzer, very creamy. The best. Perfect for like an everyday kind of chill mm-hmm. makeup look, but very buildable if you want to do something a little more glam with it. It's expensive. Oh, it is spenny. Yeah, Was but... it like $100? I think 80 but you need the blush and the bronzer sticks. I think when we move into summer, we'll do a little like deeper how to do the things. We might do like a little makeup sesh, like a little instructional how-to. Yeah, Because for me, I really love cream products minimally used in summer. Yeah. And I want to, and we're doing face mapping. So like you're putting your bronzer on, you're putting your blush on, and then you're, covering anywhere around that that you need so you've got like as little product on your face as possible Mm. apparently the petal color of the blush stick suits every single complexion is that the one that i bought i think so i think we both have it yeah i want to try shushet or shushet yeah okay carl lagerfeld's cat i think that's what it's called (sighs) yeah so i did Stumble past mecca at the airport on the weekend and there is a little westman gift pack that's come out it's the petal one i think it's the petal one mm. yeah and blush it's a, highlighter no lip it's, balm. it's only one stick and then it's two of the uh, compacts so i gotta look into it in more detail okay because mecca has always online the blush highlighter and lip gloss in petal in a pack ah, that's a great a deal. pack that's a great pack it's a great pack on a deal um any other racks uh body sunscreen I okay. got sunburnt yesterday, mildly. Yeah. yeah. I did my best. I was using everyone's sunscreen. If when you're like out and about for a full day in the sun on the water, it's it's unavoidable. And this is the thing. Do we – I don't really want to try that face mist sunscreen, but like I need a, a solution to top up because I was just dabbing ultraviolet on my face, dabbing. Yeah. And then it was just white. And I was like, just let it sink in. I don't want to wipe all my shit off. Yeah. No, I, I'm i interested in trying the mist for like a replenish during the day. But the body sunscreen, which, which do you like? So I love – it's a brand We Are Feel Good. You'll see it at like random little gift stores or mm-hmm. if you go to like that place that does acai bowls at Corumban. It's kind of like vintage branding, right? Yeah. yeah. It's brown bottle, coconutty, very nice to apply, great coverage. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think some SPFs work better than others. Yeah, right. Don't I'm you think? Not, I haven't tried that one. Oh, I'm going to give it a go. I used to be a ride or dry for the Latan coconut scented spray. No, the pump one. The the just the cream. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. Really cheap. I think you can usually get it on sale at a chemist warehouse for like a fifteen bucks. Oh, cool! But I was in Mecca the other day and I saw that they've launched a Mecca Cosmetica brand, which we know we love, but a body sunscreen foam. Mm. So I did pick that up to try. I want to see how that goes because for some reason I feel like I like, and this is this goes against everything I believe. I like a thick 
because mm. I want to feel protected. Yeah. I want to feel like I'm in a full... I want to feel like... A full slip. It's a suit. Yes. I'm wearing a sunscreen suit. Yeah. I also quite like the Bondi Sands, one of their big bottles of sunscreen. If, you know, sunscreen's expensive. I don't want people to feel deterred from buying it. Yeah. Well, it's like the Latan ones are nice. Like, exactly. option if you get it on a half-price sale, which either Woolies or Chemist Warehouse... Or Priceline. On a Priceline. On an alternating week, we'll have it half-price. <laughs> Yeah, just buy sunscreens. I mean, don't use those ones on your face unless you have, like, the world's best skin. I saw a girl yesterday put tanning oil on her face, and I was like... What? My, ma- people my mouth was that? open, and she goes, are you looking at me because I'm putting tanning oil on my face? And I said, yes, and she goes, it's okay. I do this all the time, and I was like... <gasps> yeah, it may be okay now, but, like, I don't want to see your face in 10 years, babe. That's what I said. I said, put your hat on. Yeah. <laughs> she was so cute, but she was like, I think I just broke Alana. Yes. Yeah. Cannot understand. All right. Well, that might be us for today. Put your sunscreen on. Yeah. Wear your SPF girlies. Love you. Bye. See you. since we did the pod I'm, I'm anxious you've been watching all these other people talk I know people love your voice though I got like actual feedback that like it's the cutest thing ever that you get bullied by 12 year olds oh really because you're fab oh and we don't sound that bad <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it I'll take it I'll take that as a compliment I'm sure it was intended to just be like placating us but uh, imagine like being not memorable yeah also that would be the worst i would rather be memorable and go out in a ball of fire you know at legree this morning one of the ladies is watching real housewives of sydney and she's so funny she goes who's the one that sounds like when kath and kim try to be posh like yeah Yeah. it's nicole yeah so funny oh my god so funny so everyone has a voice you know yeah 